Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Friday edition of the show. We're talking interior offensive line. Kyle, any ideas for us to make an ass of ourselves here in the first five minutes? Or well, we- no, I was just hoping you were going to roll in with your squatch call into Wahaha. It's better than this. You know, if my daughter wasn't sleeping in the in the in the living room, you know, a few. A few 20, 30 feet away, maybe I would. That's too bad. Yeah. But, you know, you're a family man, and I respect it. <laughs> what's your What's your excuse? I don't have one, but I do every day we're on this show. So why would I, <laughs> why would I get it out of the way early when inevitably it's going to pop up at some point throughout the show, and I will make an ass out of myself? Touche. Touche. Into your offensive line today. Yeesh. So here's the thing, in my opinion, about this year's interior offensive line group. If you want a day one starter, you have four cracks at it. <laughs> four cracks at a day one starter. Okay. To get, to get like a plus starter. All right. Some of I- these guys will get put into starting roles, probably. But if you want a plus starter on day one, I think you've got four cracks at it. So you know how I do this that article every year about day one starters? Yeah. I want to see how quickly I can pull it up because I think it's very sobering. Here it is. Uh, it's 2018, of course. Oh, 2019 is right here. Don't worry. It's all right here. Yep, this isn't going to get weird number. and long. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So last year, week one, there were a total of, is it 18? 28. There was 28 week one, day one starters last year. Across Uh, all positions. Across all positions. The year before was like right in that range, somewhere 25 to 30. Okay. How many were interior offensive line? Eight. In a single year or over those two years combined? No, last year there was eight week one, day one interior offensive line starter. Eight of the 28. So this is the position where it happens. Okay. The most. Yep. If you want a good one, you've got four cracks at it. Okay, so let me. I want to guess which four you believe are the good cracks at a day one interior offensive line start. Mm-hmm. Caesar Ruiz, one. I O L one. Yes. Okay. Jonah Jackson, two. Is he I O L two? He's I O L three. And oh. he, it's like splitting hairs with him and the guy in front of him. Oh, you like Cushionberry. It's got to be Cushionberry. Cushionberry's four, and okay. he's right behind Jonah Jackson. All right, so I have one, three, and four, but I don't have two. Yeah, it's a center. Is it Hennessy? Yes. Let's go. Matt Hennessy from Temple. I got the Henny, Joe. I See, just made too. an ass out of myself. There you go. And it was. It took me an extra 90 seconds. Those are my top four as well, and they're all uh, – I have a, I have a one on Ruiz, and then I have a two on the other three. 
Okay, so I have an early two on Ruiz. He's 39th on my board, and then twos on the other three as well. What order are they for you? Ruiz, Jackson, Cushenberry, Hennessy. Okay, so I just have I'm a little higher on Hennessy. Yeah, but I mean, I th- I'm not going to fight you on it. I'm not at all. I love so Hennessy. Would you agree that those are the four guys that if you need a day one starter and you need him to be a average or better player, these are our four guys? I think so. I do think I do think you Ruiz can get is other starters. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yes, I agree. Okay, good. And we're on, we're in the same uh, same mindset here. Caesar Ruiz, does he play guard, tackle, or guard, center, or both? I'm good with either one. Um, yeah. Maybe for Dallas, he'd be a center. Miami, for Miami he's guard. the guard. Yeah, yep. <laughs> it's like I, I feel like he's truly position flex guy. I mean. It was funny. Uh, I got a question for Locked On Bills this week, uh, asking which player I had the most fun studying their tape. And of course, I, you know me, I didn't give one answer. I gave eight. And Ruiz was one of those guys. Like I just couldn't stop watching. And maybe it's because I was hungry for a good interior offensive lineman, and I hadn't really gotten into the class deeply at that point. But I felt like he was so much fun. Just like got his work done, move body, showed power, showed mobility. Really good in space. Like. The angles he takes to the second level were precisely calculated. I thought he, I mean, just a really, really plus guy across the board. Yeah, I think he checks effectively every box, and it's attracted to have a guy that that is of his power level at center because stereotypically centers, Matt Hennessy, right? Mm-hmm. Like a little bit lighter in the trunk and in the anchor, and, and that's not the case with Ruiz, and he's a plus athlete in space, so – I don't know, man. I, I'm looking at Dallas with Travis Frederick and Miami at 18. If the top, you know, if Tampa gets in on this offensive tackle run and like if you see Josh Jones go in the top 15, then like Ruiz might be a top 20 pick when it's all said and done. There's needs that make that a possibility. Right. Yeah. Right. Between Dallas at 17 and Miami at 18, it's like I don't think there's a single chance he gets out of the first round now. You don't think there's a chance? Well, yeah. I mean, there's I don't think there's a chance. I mean, you've got you've got Baltimore at twenty eight. You've got uh, Green Forty uh, Niners at thirty one. Would it surprise Miami you again if, at twenty six? Right, with Chiefs at thirty two. I mean, there's too many landmines. Right, even and the he's Seahawks. Too good of a football player. Even Baltimore. Yep, Tennessee. Yeah, he's he ain't getting out of there. No, he's a top thirty two pick, Caesar Ruiz. I think he's the only interior offensive lineman that goes in the first round. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm surprised that there's not a whole lot of love for Jonah Jackson out there. There should be more. I agree. I agree. Because former Rutgers guy, I don't know, does that like mean you can't play football? He came in. I mean, he's he's really good in pass pro. Mm -hmm. And that matters. I mean, there's some twitchy dudes rushing on the interior in the NFL right now. And you feel like Jonah Jackson gives you the type of presence in there that can, can stay in front of those guys. And that matters a lot. I don't know if it's because we've, we've gotten some burn with recent Ohio state interior <laughs> offensive linemen, stupid stuff that people buy into, but yeah, uh, I think he's, I think he's realistically going to be in play for like Chicago with their yeah. first pick. Cause they had the Kyle long retirement and you know, Chicago's got two picks between 40 and 50. Like, 
that's the range that I think makes sense for Jonah Jackson. Wouldn't be surprised at all if he's a top 50 pick. You're exactly right. I did a mock draft. Uh, I think I tweeted one out, a uh, Bengals simulation at some point in the, in the last month. And I gave Jonah Jackson to them at, it was either at 33 or a trade back. And the one reply, I don't think we should be messing with Ohio State interior offensive line. Yep. So we're, like we're like there's something about Billy Price that matters when it comes to talking about Jonah Jackson. There is no quicker ticket to getting muted than making a helmet scouting comment. You're done. I will never read another one of your tweets ever again. <laughs> Talking to the walls now. I can't. Yep, can't be part fun. of the discussion. <laughs> Yell into the void all you want. I will not hear you. Yeah. But he's uh, he's three for you? He's IOL three for me, yes. Okay. Hennessy's just a little bit above just because I think in the right kind of system, which is yeah. that zone style system where you don't, you're not relying on on Hennessy to reset the point of attack and and play forward. You know he can play off double teams and climb to the second level and be very effective. And what really opened my eyes for him was seeing him anchor in the one on ones in Mobile, yeah. where that is a, an environment that is so skewed against interior offensive lineman. And you're watching him and he's pulling the e break on dudes every single rep, and it's like. Wham! Sinks his hips. He's got great framing, and he doesn't give another inch. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, it's, if I didn't see that in person, or I didn't have a chance to see those practice reps on tape, uh, I would have been more prone to say, well, he's a little too light in the trunk, and he's probably, you know, I don't know how well he's going to be able to anchor in one-on-one situations against defense. But like the leverage is there. He's got like a, it really looks like a wrestler as far as how he sets his hands and really works up underneath guys to get leverage. And so he wins with leverage. He wins with lateral mobility. I think he's just a little bit more of a scheme specific starter, but I do have him a little bit higher because I think he's a better athlete than the two guys below him and Jonah Jackson and Lloyd Cushenberry. Yeah. The good lateral mobility, really good in space. A mm-hmm. uh, good technique too. Do you- Poor man's Garrett Bradbury. Yeah. I mean, but I think he's you know, from a functional strength perspective. That Maybe was where more. Bradbury. Yeah, that's where Bradbury struggled. Yeah, um, I think Hennessy's probably a little better at that coming in, but he's not as athletic. You think he gets drafted on on the second round? Uh, he'll get drafted on day two. I don't know about second round. Yeah, I mean, I think the Bears should strongly consider him. Um, Dallas has a fallback option at fifty one. They don't go Ruiz in the first round. I mean, the same cast of characters you talked about with Ruiz, they're in play here. Yeah, I think Ruiz is is Ruiz for both of us is a step above, and it's because I think he's a universal prospect in which he can step into gap power or he can step into zone concepts. I don't think that's applicable to Hennessy. Are you viewing Ted Karras as a starting center in Miami? Uh, short term, yes. He's I mean, he's on a one year deal. He signed for yeah. one year, four million. So. I'm operating under the assumption that he's going to be the starter this year because New England offered him six and he came to Miami for four because he wanted to play. Right. Which may that maybe that bodes well for David Andrews being able to come back, which hopefully Mm -hmm. he does. You know, I'm not rooting for that guy not to play. So good for him. Um, Okay. Cushionberry is the gap power version of Hennessy, right? Correct. Yes. So you might not love him to San Francisco, but maybe he's a better fit in Dallas. I think he's a better fit in Dallas and, and Hennessy's 
than Hennessy is. So if you told me Dallas had Cushenberry ranked above Hennessy, it would make all the sense in the world for me. Yeah. I think one thing to note about both Cushenberry and Hennessy is both programs, Temple and LSU, have prestigious numbers. You know, Temple tough, the the yeah. single digits reserved for the toughest players on the team that, you know, exemplify all the characteristics of what they're looking for in football players. That's what Hennessy had that number, at least for practice, because you can't wear the game. Cushenberry, you know, the number 18 jersey means a lot for LSU players. You know, what it and means to be a Tiger. One. He yeah. had that one. He wore like a, a, a decal on his jersey because obviously you can't wear it as 18. And big time leaders, important, uh, you know, key clogs on offensive lines. And, and you you love that that resume, that that uh, football character, you know, the way those programs viewed those guys as players that you want to insert into the middle of an NFL offensive line. Yes, for sure. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Because after the top four, it's wide open ball game. I don't know who your IOL five is. Yeah, you're not going to like it. Is it... Tyler Beatus. No. <laughs> is it Nitain Mutai? No. I, I don't think I draft Nitain Mutai. Yeah, it's too many red medical red flags and like Bad. he's had what, like three season ending injuries? And... Yeah, he's just not played much at like three games each of the last two years. I mean, just yeah. there's some exciting moments. Like he kicked some ass at times and love him for his own scheme, but and this year when you're not getting the clean medicals and stuff, man, like yeah. I, I don't really mess with that. All right, so who is it? Nick Harris? No. All right, three strikes, I'm out. Who you got? Robert Hunt. Louisiana. Okay, Ro- Robert Hunt is seven for me. Okay, so, so you don't he's, hate I'm only, Yeah, I like Robert Hunt. What are you talking yeah. about? No, I'm, I'm saying you don't. I said you don't hate it that much that he's my IOL five. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. He played tackle at college. I think he's a guard, obviously. I think he played a little oh. bit of guard, though, so it's not like right. something foreign to him. Put him at right yeah. guard. Let's yeah. prosper. Yeah, big, powerful guy. I think he moves well relative to his size. Mm-hmm. Got to clean up the timing with his feet and his hands, right? So, I mean, some technical stuff to improve upon. But I think I, I can envision him as a starter in the league. And and so, um, I, I mean, I'm comfortable with him mid-day two. Somebody can snatch him up. I think he can start. I mean, as long as he's as long as he's healthy, I think he's a mean, nasty mauler, dude. Like, mm-hmm. It's like the, he could be like the right guard version of like Will Hernandez. What do you think of that? That's yeah. I mean, Will's pretty nasty, dude. And I yeah. guess you, you get that from Hunt. Yeah, I mean, I liked. I thought I saw a comp for Robert Hunt of Cody Ford, and thinking about him at Oklahoma, I can get behind that. Oh, it's not bad. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you who I have. I did this thing this year where I have like my board as I do it. And I log who the comps are for all the guys immediately as I do it. Okay. I had Will Hernandez. Okay. Well, I mean, that's high praise. Yeah. I don't think he's as loose as Will. I mean, loose. No, but, but I mean, he played tackle, so he's got some mobility to him. Yeah. Who's your five? My five is you got me off script. Ben Bredesen. Yeah, it's a good pick. Thought you didn't like this. Didn't you yell at me for having him here in Heck Slack? No. Heck no. 
Heck no. So imagine not having a good grade on Ben Bredesen. You were no, like, that oh, was no. Ben Solak. Ben, oh. one of Ben's bad takes this year. Doesn't like okay. Bredesen. Well, I haven't finalized my grades. Well, oh, that's why I kept yelling at him. I was like, <laughs> here's a bunch more you need to reconsider. <laughs> While we're at it. Listen, Ben Bredesen's good. Yes. I think he's rock solid. Uh, I think he can give you enough in in either kind of concept to eventually be an average starter. You think about some of these guys that come through and you you look at, you know, guys that came through the college ranks and they didn't have their technique down, but they get to the pros and they get some pro coaching and like they clean it up. I think Bredesen's one of those guys and I'm willing to buy in on the upside. I've got a 98th on my board. So like fringe top 100 player, but I think he gives you nice tenacity. I think he gives you nice functional strength and power and good pop in his hands. And he's got a lot of experience and he played next to an NFL guy in Cesar Ruiz. And I mean, that entire interior trio at Michigan between them and when is a really, really nice group of guys to, to play gap power and reset line of scrimmage. So you got, if you want to move bodies off the line of scrimmage, you get a whole lot worse than Ben Bredesen at left guard. I like him a ton. As a matter of fact, you know, I have a, my scoring's on a hundred point scale. I have Robert Hunt eighty two oh five, and I have Bredesen eighty two oh three. So I mean, we, oh, okay, we, yeah. I mean, it, this is 200. so we got we got these guys kind of in very similar ballparks then, because yeah. I got Bredesen is ninety eighth for me, and Robert Hunt is one hundred. Yeah, they're eighty one and eighty two for me. Okay, so they're side by side on the board. That's why I don't care about your rankings. I care about what you say about these players. Is that a three? Yeah, it's a three. Okay. Anybody else you got a three on? Yeah, one more. Nick Harris? No. Oh, I got a three on Nick Harris. Tyler Biotis. I get it. I have a four on him. I can't quit him. You can't forget about the past, right? I can't. And, like, you still saw some – some moments last year on tape where he was good. And I think he's so smart. I think that's the thing is like, maybe he's still recovering and rebuilding his physical skill set, but the football intelligence is there. You know, I, I think, I think that's something that's really important for a center. And you heard Jonathan Taylor talk about that a lot with, with Biata's at his combine presser. And, and I just feel like he's going to be okay. Um, belong, you know, getting further removed from these injuries, and I think he'll bounce back and at least get to 80, 90% of the player we saw in 18. And if he can do that, so. he'll be fine. Yeah. If if he's 80 to 90% of what he was in 2018, then you will be more right than I am. Because I've Still, got a four on him. I mean, like it, night and day body control. Like he fell off blocks last year and you didn't he see fell that off in 18. Like two out of every three blocks he tried to land. And he couldn't, he could not climb with consistency the second level at yeah. all. Could not, yeah. he couldn't get out of the blocks. He was good last in 18 with that too, though, man. So, I still think he's got power, and that was encouraging. Yeah. I don't dislike Tyler, but I'm scared as hell of him to draft him because he had the hip yeah. injury last year, and then he had a shoulder injury this year that prevented him from working out at the combine. Yeah. And and you went from having first round tape in 2018 to having day three tape in 2019, and now you've got two off season significant injuries. It's scary. So, do, have we encompassed all of your day two grades? 
just not going in depth on Nick Harris, but we don't need to do much on Nick. I think his tape's a lot better than his profile. Uh, yeah. And I, I will bet on Nick, the football player based on, you know, he doesn't have long arms. He's not super explosive. Uh, he didn't anchor really well in one-on-ones. I think a team that runs a lot of you know, quick hitting stuff, a lot of screen game, tunnel screen. Uh, I think he's got enough pop that he can hit doubles and climb and, and move. Just don't leave him a lot on an Island with a nose tackle in his face. How do you reconcile his senior bowl? I wasn't at the senior bowl, obviously, but like it was rough. Well, his game tape is not rough. So like, where do you think the disconnect was? Was he a little lighter? I mean, what? Yeah, a little lighter, a little, little, uh, his, his build was sloppy. And he's always kind of have like that pear shape, but not very big. He's built like a bowling ball. Weird, weird frame. Yeah. And he, he didn't, the, the lack of length, I think really hurt him because he was trying to overextend to hit everything. Yeah. It's like, dude, just sit back on your hips and then like you're lower than these guys. Just try and anchor. But like, I don't think he's as naturally strong to shine in one-on-ones, but that's one of those guys where it's like, I'm not going to destroy you on it. I came off my hill a lot because I was like really ready to really like Nick Harris. If he blew the, the, the doors off it, mm-hmm. but he did the exact opposite. And it's like, all right, like I'm not going to kill you for it because this is a really tough environment for a stereotypical center with not great length and not great power to not show well. Okay, so you, I have uh, Harris day you probably early. got him eight. Yeah, I got him early day three. But his is tape he IOL eight. Uh, he's not. He's nine. Nine. You got Shane Lemieux there at eight. I have Shane Lemieux at eight. Yes, I like. Yeah, yeah, he's a good football player, man. He is like the B plus version of uh, Ben Bredesen. Yeah, I think. Listen, I think Lemieux. From Oregon, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Oregon. Shane Lemieux of Oregon, left guard. If you looked at the Oregon offensive line, they came in with a lot of fanfare, and everybody to the left of the center played well. <laughs> right? <laughs> center and over to the right was hot garbage this year. Shane Lemieux, I think Shane Lemieux has some really nice experience throughout his time at Oregon. I think he played gap power, and I also think he could play zone. Because they ran a lot of yeah. wide zone and outside no zone at Oregon. Yep. So it's like, okay, I'm getting a guy that's well-versed in a lot of different rushing concepts. There's some lapses with the punch placement. There's some lapses with the, the block framing. But I see a big guy that can uproot you, and he can also go bulls on parade and get wide outside the hashes. I like the blend of what he brings a lot. Yeah, I, I wrote that. I wrote about his looking at my report right now. Fifty-two game starter, and and I've noted his versatility as a run blocker. That you can see him drive blocking and effective working laterally uh, in zone. So that versatility is going to be big for him. Um, this is my guy on like if I can get a if I'm looking starter day three, you know, fourth round. Hello, Shane, uh, yeah, Shane Lemieux is your guy. Oh yeah, D- Damian Lewis is another one. Damian Lewis is a damn forklift, brother. Yeah, <laughs> you got this guy a, turn out bodies and bury him, man. That was fun. He is a bully. I don't think he's got great range. Nope. My new phrasing this year, gravitational pull. 
he does not have a very large gravitational pull because the mobility's not there, right? Yeah. But if you get sucked into this short area black hole, done. He will eat you alive. <laughs> I love him. Uh, somebody, I mean, just look, he's a gap power guy, right? I mean, that's just what it comes mm-hmm. down to. You're not yeah. gonna, he's not gonna get wide. He's, I mean, which is I interesting. I don't think he's going to be a star in pass protection either. No. But at the same time, how how many times do we see heavy-footed guards that come in and they're at least they become with time a functional starter all the time? Yep. All Quentin the time. Spain's the perfect example. And Quentin Spain's a pff, might be a better pass blocker than he is run blocker. As weird as that sounds. So when I said at the top of the show, you're going to get four cracks at a plug and play starter. That's going to be average or good. That doesn't mean there's not hope for the round three, four five guys in this class. It's just, I think those guys, when you account for what their limitations are, what the level of competition curve is going to look like, they're probably not going to be best served stepping into a role and expecting them to perform at a high level early on. But some of these guys can get there like Robert Hunt, Shane Lemieux, Damian Lewis. These guys can get there. And I think they can with time be a starting interior offensive lineman at the pro level. I think that's an important distinguishment to make because in hindsight, it may have sounded like I sold this class short as we've talked through it. But my expectation is if I get Damian Lewis as a starter right away, I don't know how well I can expect to hold him to perform. I found the number for 18. It was seven interior offensive linemen. So you got 15 of these day one. And that doesn't that mean that doesn't mean guys don't become starters throughout the course of the year. But right. You know, I mean, you can I think you should be able to look at this based on recent trends and feeling pretty good about not that there's a ton of star power power in this interior offensive line class, but there's pretty good depth throughout. I think you can look at this and, you know, we found four really good cracks at the whip and then four pretty good ones as well. And, and so I think you'll, you'll get six or eight of these that will start on day one next year. And then we'll get some surprise guys creep up throughout the course. John Simpson's a guy who I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Uh, he's another big, powerful guy. He's kind of cut from the same cloth as far as Damian Lewis, as far as what his strengths or weaknesses are. And uh, the other one that I would point to is a developmental guy is Kyle Murphy from Rhode Island. Uh, played some left tackle. He's He's got good length. He's got good mobility. He's just raw. He played at Rhode Island. Let's call a spade a spade here. So, uh, but if you give him time, I think he can be an effective starter. So, you know, I think there's four plug and play plus starters early on in this year's class. I think, as you said, another four or five guys, uh, I do want to shout out Michael and when who I have as my 10th interior offensive lineman this year, Keith Ishmael, who I have as 11th. Uh, so you may even get even more than that, that if you give them time, you have some patience, you know, year two, year three, they could possibly step into a starting role. And then you got a developmental guy like Kyle Murphy wait in the wings as well. So some really intriguing names in here. But if you if you've got a hole on your roster and you want to upgrade your starting lineup, better get one early. That's all we're saying. Yeah. Oh, I think I'm good here. Okay. Good. Committed an hour of our time to the big uglies. 
to end the week between yesterday and today. What a finish. Yeah. Pun intended. Got to f- always oh, be finishing if you're an uh, NFL or offensive lineman. Draft dude signing off. I can't. See ya. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you on Monday.